What's up, everybody? You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast, um, episode 14. Um, we're back from a long break. Um, I was off uh, mainly because of, you know, 4th of July week. I wanted to spend spend a little time off, try to get my mind right, and rest, and plus I'm um, outside of this, I'm, I'm moving away. I'm moving. I'm moving to a new place. So yeah, so we're moving. I'm moving with family. So along with that, and I'm also moving to get myself situated into my own place, which I should be moving into my own place within the up, you know, within the next month or two. So I've been trying to get everything together and transition. With all that, and I mean, I've honestly would like like to have another show uh, last week, but just time permitting, like I said, and plus I just wanted to have some time on my own to enjoy the summer. It's been nice. The weather's been nice in, in Massachusetts. and um, the Summer finally has definitely come because it's been a lot of rainy days, um, particularly in the spring within like April and May, so... In parts of June too, so the weather is starting to finally um, hit its peak. And you know, I mean, the summer just started what last month, June twenty first, or I believe that's the when the summer starts. So yeah, just it, the weather is just starting to progress. It's getting better every day. There's eighty degree days every day, which is great. So I remember I was with uh. Last week, I was with family. I had a, a nice family gathering with my family. Got to see all my cousins on my father's side. So it was a, it was a great day. We we all uh, we all uh, got together in Salem, Salem, Massachusetts, which is you know home of the. They have like the little thing where rumor was uh, witches started there. So I mean, it's it was all. It's always great to get back to where I where I came from or where I was from. I'm originally from Lynn, Massachusetts, so that's only like 20 minutes away from Lynn. And I was also born in Salem, Massachusetts. So it's like it's always like a great thing to come back to where you grew up at, where you was raised at. Right now, I live in the South Shore. I live in Mansfield, so it's always great to get back to. Um, where you, where you came from originally, where, you know, your family's there or whatnot. And we had a good time. We, you know, played basketball. We had a cookout, a lot of, a lot of food, and a lot of fun. And I had really enjoyed myself. So, any, you know, my family cousins are listening to, yeah, I mean, we had a good time. and I enjoyed everybody's company there. And it was, it was just a good time. So, now it's time, you know, to get back to business. Now it's time to get back to, you know, working consistently. I'm probably going to make sure I, from here on in, even though the, the news is going to slow down, because obviously we went through a whole uh, couple weeks of free agency and, and all that craziness, it's, it's going to start to slow down now. I mean, now you're seeing possibly, if there is anything going on, it's probably trades or anything. I mean, so, like I said, we're going to consistently – have a show every week from here on in. There won't be no, uh, you know, uh, time, you know, 
ain't no time gap in between. Like I had, I mean, it was almost, almost three weeks. I mean, this, I'm recording this on a Saturday. So I, I usually can record in the middle of the week, Wednesday or Thursday. Like I said, just trying to get, work out some things outside of the show, try to progress the show in some way. And, but like I said, I'm doing what I can at this, at this, at this time being. So. And the website hasn't, I really haven't done much of things with the website either. So people, you know, like I said, if you haven't already, check it out. Rimsandnets.com, R-I-M-S, double N-E-T-S.com. Or you can search it on, on your search engine, Google or Bing, uh, Rims, uh, and sign, Nets. You can search it anytime. It should definitely come up. All my podcast listings will come up. Um, and also the website where it says your local hub for sports, local sports news. That's where, that's my website. It's not an actual, like, listing that says Rims and Nets. It's just the um, tagline. So you just click on that, and you'll get to see all the latest, you know, news that I have on there. I have a free agency, um, a free agency tracker on there, which pretty much has, it's pretty much complete from top, the top 50 on free agents that signed to new teams. I have new teams. I mean, old teams sign on to new teams listings. So, I mean, it's a simple list, but it's it's it's, it's definitely, if you haven't, you know, let's just say, like, maybe the, that 50th guy, maybe you haven't realized where he signed at, or, you, you know, it's there. So, obviously, the big names, we all, if, if you're following, obviously, we all know where the big names have gone. We'll get into that as well during the show. It's definitely been crazy. Like, just a couple of days ago, Russell Westbrook just got traded to the Rockets. So, it's it's getting really crazy, especially in the West. The West is, like, extremely deep. It's always been deep, but now it's even deeper now. I mean, you got, like, six or seven strong teams in the West. I think if you even go to the eighth seed, the eighth team is, is probably better than probably the third team in, in the East. The West is extremely strong, top to bottom. Not many bottom dwellers in the West. There's probably more bottom dwellers in the East than the West by a long shot. So, like it was last year, I felt like last year for a while, a lot of the teams were competing for a, for, for a playoff spot, and we're going to see the same thing again this year. As pretty much most of the talent has gone West. So, that's very interesting to see all that progress within just weeks. It's only taken a week for all this to happen. And we heard that um, you know, ESPN and other sources said, like, oh, it's been, like, billions of dollars that have been spent within the past couple of weeks, like, literally six or seven billion. I don't know the exact number, but I know they, they were saying billions have been spent, which, you know, obviously that's the case dealing with million dollar athletes they're gonna be getting paid um i think as far as like any sport i feel like basketball and maybe baseball are like the top sports that get paid the most players get paid a, a ton just to play basketball and probably tops in that out, out of any sport so that's expected so it was a fun it was definitely fun um seeing all the moves seeing all the players 
go to different teams, and it's going to be intriguing to see how it fits on each team. We'll get into that as well. Um, so, like I said, I mean, probably it all started off. Um, obviously, we covered the draft in the last show, and we kind of reviewed all the drafts. So now, I'm still trying to get myself react, re, re um, reacclimated to what went on because it's been a lot that's gone on since I since my last show. So. To start, the Kawhi Leonard decision was definitely one of the most surprising things to happen in free agency of all time, I think. Because it's just like it was just unprecedented how he was able to make a decision where I felt like everyone thought the Lakers were like the front runner. And then all suddenly, late at night, I think it was like a Friday night or a Saturday night, he made his decision to sign for the Clippers, and it just happened in the middle of the night. Like, people were probably sleeping when it happened. But I was up. I was I was on top of it, like, probably, like, one hour after it happened. So, yeah, so he ended up, playing, he's done, he ended up signing with the Clippers. And, and get this, he was able to get Paul George to sign with him. So he literally was probably – um probably calling Paul George saying, like, yeah, like, uh, I would like, you know, for us to, like, get together, play together on, on the Clippers. And, you know, people are just saying, like, oh, that's, like, that's tampering. Like, why is he – how come he has so much – how come, in general, how come the players have so much power that they can, like, contact a player that's under contract on another team and then recruit him to a place for a new a – new, the new team that – you know, they want to sign for it. Like, we've never seen that before. And it's just, it was such an amazing thing because it, it, it does this. It says that the players have a ton of, ton of push that they can contact players from other contracts. That I mean, by the way, Baldur's is not a free agent. So it's like, it felt like he was a free agent because he just easily was able to walk away from the Thunder like he did. You know, I mean, we all know that he always wanted to go to L.A. So, I mean... He made his decision to not go to L.A. last summer, or excuse me, two summers ago. So it was a huge thing. We thought, like, oh, okay, small market teams can still get talent, you know, against possibly when they're competing against a big market team like L.A., and he ends up going there anyways with, with Kawhi. So <laughs> like I said, when usually if someone's set on some, doing something, usually that's not going to go away. I mean, I bet you OKC kind of knew that it wasn't going to last because they weren't able to go far in the playoffs for the past few years. They were both, you know, both years they were first-round exits. So you had to just say, like, all right, this is probably um, the ceiling for this team, so we're going to have to, like, try to do something anyway, especially when you're in the West. If it doesn't work out twice, then you're better off trying to go a different direction anyway. So... I think it all worked out in the end for both teams, even though it was kind of a, a, a disheartening thing for that to happen for OKC fans, for their star player to leave like that. I mean, he was an MVP candidate this year, and he just says, well, I'm just going to go play with, like, uh, excuse me, I'm gonna just going to play with the Clippers with, with uh, Kawhi and just, just lead them lead them astray. <laughs> like, and it just, it just happened so abruptly, too. It's like, damn, man. On and he just moved on to different, moved on to a different team like that. 
<laughs> like just so abruptly, and that's how it went. That's how it went down. So, so now we just have to look at how it all fits, how all the pieces fit, and I think it fits well. You know, you, you got two all defensive players playing together. I mean, those are the two best defensive players in the entire league. I think at their position or just in general, like they defend multiple positions. And I mean, George is like one of the tops in steals. Kawhi Leonard is pretty good at doing that, doing that as well. Just, just flat out good, um, good defenders all around. And then you have, you know, the best guard defender in Patrick Beverly. So you add that with a great defensive coach in Doc Rivers, and then you have a really strong bench, um, a nice young big man in Zubac. Um, what else? They have Martrez Harrell. He's a great energy big. So they have a lot of different pieces. Landry Shamat, they got from the Sixers last year. So it's like they have a, a ton of pieces, ton of good. I mean, Lou Williams, we all know he's a great six man. So it's like, like I said, they're top to bottom. I think probably the most talented team in the NBA. Like they should be the favorite, you know, co- you know, coming into this year. And you add that, those two type of players of that caliber, you're, you're going to be a favorite. So that was surprising to see all that unfold. And then, I mean, we could all get it started with just started with that. And then now we see how the East shapes up, you know, with Kyrie and Kevin Durant joined together in Brooklyn. Um, Obviously, Brooklyn won't be good this year because Kevin Durant's coming back from his Achilles injury, so he won't be back to probably maybe the end of the season at least, maybe playoffs at least. So he'll see. He'll probably lose. He'll probably end up being out most of the year. So I don't see the Nets competing this year, but they're still a strong contender either way. We still got Kyrie Irving. We still got a Nets team that went to the playoffs without those two star players that they just added. So. They should be a playoff team, but I don't see them being a top four team. Like, I'll get into that as well later on in the show. Like, top four teams, I would say, that have a chance to really do damage in the East. But, like I said, besides Kyrie and Durant joining together and joining forces, um, Celtics didn't miss a beat. They were able to sign Kimball Walker. Before free agency even started, so that was that was huge for Danny Ainge to get him, and obviously I got into that you know previous show, but yeah, that has to be one of the most um, breakthrough moves in the East because I, I would say like I rated him, you know obviously I ranked um, all the players in the top fifty list that I have on my website. I think I rated Kim Walker as five, so. That's um, that's definitely gonna be uh, that's definitely gonna be um, a thing that we have to look out for um, how it all fits. But I think it will fit well because you got the young guys in Tatum and, and Brown. Um, obviously, they're progressing. They're gonna be getting better every year. And then you also have um, you know they have a nice you know, core around that. Marcus Smart's still there. They also signed um, Anish Cantor um, a week later. So, I mean, they got a few pieces they can fall back on as well. I mean, the only thing I mean, people are saying is that the center position could be a question mark, which 
we got into that in the last show, and I have to agree with that wholeheartedly because um, Canada's not a good defensive player, as we all know. So it would be best if we can get a, a, a center that starting caliber that at least can be a little bit more balanced on both ends. Which Cantor is a very good rebounder, a very good offensive player, but not a good defensive player. So, I mean, they they were able to sign a few bigs that you know they're just minor pieces at best. I mean, they signed a player from France. Uh, I think his name is Poirier. Then they signed, um, they re-signed Daniel Tice, and then they also uh, they still have Robert Williams on the roster. And then people have just been screaming about Taco Fall. And I, I mean, honestly, I think they should at least give him a flyer. I mean, what, why not give him a chance? You know, he's he's doing pretty well in the summer league. I mean, obviously he's seven foot seven, so he's obviously gonna easily score inside easily. He's literally at three inches closer to the rim, or three feet closer to the rim every time he he doesn't have to jump every time he dunks. So it's been a lot of a lot of um, madness with Taco Fall. Um, we'll get into that in the next segment, more into all the summer league standouts and whatnot. But like I said, that's obviously a rumor that keeps coming up. Can Taco Fall get the 15th spot? Just They just cut Gershon Yabaselli. So we'll get into that in the later segment. But, yeah, I mean, I would say that Kimba Walker was a, definitely a, a crucial move for the Celtics. They needed to replace Kyrie in some way or some capacity. And now – um, the key is how do you def- how do you uh, how do you replace Al Horford, which Al Horford uh, was also a key signing. He signed with the Sixers. So far as he how he fits, I mean the Sixers um, pretty much lost everybody but Jimmy Butler. I mean, excuse me, they lost they kept everybody except Jimmy Butler. So I mean, I thought losing Redick was huge because I mean that really. Took away a lot of their offensive punch. Now they really are going to have a hard time finding a, a, a knockdown shooter they can rely on. They traded away Shabbat, which that would have been key if they would have kept him if they were going to lose J.D. Redick. So that's the thing. How are they going to score on the outside? They're obviously a, probably the biggest team in the NBA. I mean, they're probably going to, you know, I mean, their lineup, starting lineup is ridiculous. It comes out of their size. Ben Simmons is obviously going to play point guard again this year. He has Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid in the in the same front court. It's 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 just a huge, enormous front court, and I think that's probably the reason why Al Horford wanted to um, go a different team because he didn't like playing center, and now he doesn't have to. Now you have a need to have. They also signed um, Paolo Quinn to back them up. So, I mean, I don't see Al Horford playing center anymore. I mean, he's probably going to play center maybe first, but not like his regular position like he was in Boston. Uh, he had to play center a lot for the Celtics. And I don't think the Celtics um, understood how much he didn't enjoy doing that. So that was probably the reason why he left. That and then obviously the money. I mean, he's going to get a four-year deal from the Sixers as well. So. It's, it's frustrating to lose Al Horford, and like I said, this team has to figure out how to re- have to figure out how to replace him. So, but that's a huge, huge get for the Sixers. You know, now Horford he ends up going to the Celtics' arch rival at that, so that makes it even more soul crushing. 
but as a Celtics fan, it's it's definitely soul crushing. We play the Sixers four times throughout the year, and probably playing the playoffs in most most years. So it's like it's it's definitely gonna make the rivalry that much more heated. As you know, it seemed like it almost felt like a lot like when Ray Allen went to Miami when when the big three or you know obviously Kevin Paul and Ray. I mean, excuse me, Kevin Paul, Kevin Paul, Paul Pierce and, and Rajon Rondo were together. Ray Allen was part of that team, and he decided to go to Miami. So that was very similar, similar feel to it because. We all know Al Horford is loved. He's, he's, he's a, I mean, everyone enjoyed Al Horford. I mean, I was, I mean, at times I was critical of Al Horford. I felt like he could have better leadership. I think his leadership, you know, qualities can be somewhat overrated. I mean, he's not, he's not a rah-rah type of leader, but he still has a, a quiet effect on the team because he's just such a calm guy. So he can keep guys, you know, poised out there and they don't lose their composure. But it, all that wasn't wasn't um, it wasn't a big it wasn't a, it wasn't what they could that that quietness and calmness really didn't help for this team last year you know for their chemistry so that's why I say it's overrated at times you know, quote unquote leadership but anyways I still think he's he does a lot of different things on the floor on the, on the basketball aspect of things. He's a very versatile player that they lost. So it's tough to replace all that when you have a guy that does a lot of different things for you. And now you got a bunch of bigs on, you know, that you signed that probably, you know, have a strength, but they have a bunch of weaknesses. and They don't really have the all around game that Al Horford had in one player. So now you're trying to replace that in, in different players, which can be very tough to do going to get exposed in one area or not because you're trying to replace what one player did with four different players. Pretty much that's their rotation round. They have like four centers or possibly five if they sign another one that's in the weak spot. So like I said, I think that was a huge huge signing. It definitely propelled the Sixers to be probably the second best team behind the Bucks. I would say. If I'm ranking the top four right now, I mean, obviously those, those top two Bucks and Sixers are definitely the top two, and I think Al Horford is a big part of that. But obviously, shooting is definitely a weakness that they have to take care of one way or the other during the year, whether it's just um, maybe they can get someone to trade or whatever, or get, get a buyout or, or sooner, you know, probably in the, in the upcoming year. So, but that was a huge signing. I think the next one, I'll probably say Jimmy Butler going to Miami. That was a huge get for Miami. There were rumors that they could have got a Russell Westbrook, but he ends up going to the Rockets. So they're still trying to find a second star. Possibly Chris Paul could be on the move. Maybe he can go to Miami. But if you had Chris Paul, I mean, that's not going to make a huge difference to you contending if you match Chris Paul with Jimmy Butler. So they probably have to, like, probably get Jim, uh, Chris Paul and somebody else if, that, if, that, if they were to do that. But... Overall, I mean, obviously Miami's better. Even if they don't improve the roster, they're still a better team than what they were last year. They are going to be a playoff team. So, are they going to be a championship contender? No, they're not going to be a championship contender. But 
adding Jimmy Butler definitely makes you more competitive than what you were before that. So it was overall a good sign. I had him ranked in the top 10 as far as, like, top 50 position. So, I mean, I think he was top five in my book. I thought I, thought I listed him as number three. So that's – overall, that's a good signing. If you got the number three free agent come to your team, that's a pretty good get. Um, obviously, next, I would have to say the next crucial one, I would have to say Malcolm Brogdon going to the Pacers, which I think that was a huge get because Victor Oladipo is not going to be back to probably midseason or a little bit after that. So you're going to need someone to come in and kind of um, not do what he – I mean, he's, they're two different players. I don't think he's going to replace what Oladipo brings, but he – He's still a, a very good defensive player. Uh, like I said, kind of like Al Horford can do a lot of different things. Does all the little things. He's kind of the quote-unquote glue guy. And Pacers obviously need all the help they can get. They want to stay in contention. Which they did lose Brogdon Bogdanovich. We'll, we'll get into that as well later on the show. So they did lose something, but they were able to gain something with Malcolm Brogdon. They still have the big with the bonus from Turner, so that's um, that's de- that's definitely a, a strong thing right there to to get um, those those two guys. So along with Brogdon, and they did lose um, Darren Carlson to retirement. Darren Carlson is retiring, so. But when Victor Oladipo gets back, you can just slide Brogdon right into the point guard position. And that's going to be big for this team. So, they did lose that young as well. So, they lost that young as well. So they, they did lose some pieces, but they did gain a lot with, with, with Malcolm Brogdon. So, they should be probably maybe 14 leagues, if I were to say, after this season, 14 or maybe 15 in the league. I feel like it's either going to be the Nets or the Pacers that are going to be that fourth or fifth seed. It's going to be jockling for that those two seeds. So, I think it was a good signing for the Pacers. I think it definitely helped their team quite a bit. And when Oladipo comes back, they'll be they'll have their full complement of players. Um, obviously, losing two two key guys like that Young and Rod Donovan does not help. They're still going to be right there in the East, regardless not as strong as the East and the West, but they'll still be right there for a top four seed. So that's good for the Patriots for that. So if I had to quickly list the top four guys in the East, I mean top four teams in the East, I would say number one, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they really helped themselves out a lot by resigning Middleton. They signed him long term. They still have Greek Freak. They they did lose Brogdon, which definitely hurts, but they really get Brooke Lopez back as well. So they kind of value those those key core guys. Brogdon, you would say, is part of that mix, but obviously a priority was to sign Middleton and Lopez, and they did that. So and it wasn't cheap to do it. So you got to applaud them for at least trying to at least get at least the main core guys back. And you know they made that run without Brogdon most of the, most. Of the, most of the playoff run. I mean, Brogdon didn't come back to like reach uh, midway in the uh, semifinals. I don't really think he really made much of an 
an impact in that Celtics series. So he didn't really come back into the Eastern Conference Finals. So they made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals without Brogdon. Brogdon was hurt most of the year with the plantar fasciitis. So I think I think they got um they they definitely gonna be uh definitely a championship contender for sure. Even without that, and then they added Brooke Lopez's brother, Robin Lopez, for defensive purposes. So I think it was strong overall what they did, you know, just to kind of keep you know most of those guys back, bring it all back. So and then number two, I would say um, the Sixers getting Al Horford, you know, keeping Embiid, keeping Simmons. They they locked up Simmons long term. They got Tobias Harris back long term. So I think they did a good enough job of getting their, their core guys back. And obviously we have to see how their bench performs because that's going to be another question mark like it was last year. So we'll see how it all shakes out with them. But I have to say with their starting five, they definitely one of the better starting lineups in the entire NBA. So you, you got to give them a chance to at least be up there and compete because of that. And then number three, probably the deepest team and probably the team that probably has the most chemistry coming to the year is the Celtics. I think the Celtics are going to have a a year where they could be the some of their all some of their all parts like they usually are. Like last year was obviously different, but you know they're gonna they're gonna roll right back into that underdog role again, and and usually they they strive and well in that in, in that in that area where they're they're doubted. They're gonna be coming in that you know people are gonna be doubting them, but you can't sleep on them. I mean when you have Kimba Walker, you got Jason Tatum, you got Jalen Brown, you got Gordon Hayward. Who knows what Gordon Hayward could be this year? He could be, you know, right back to where he was when he was with with Utah, and you can't count that out. And the only question is, is there is there is their center? Yeah, their center. You know, what kind of caliber of a center are they going to get? Um, there's a lot of question marks with all those guys. Who's going to be your your starting center? Who's going to be your most consistent center? So. Outside of that, they 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 drafted well. They they their summer league team is undefeated right now. As they play, uh, just a reminder, they play at four thirty today. So check that out. They play against the Grizzlies again. They heard of the Grizzlies in the last game, so I wouldn't expect them to lose that game. So they're probably gonna probably end up being the semifinals. Who knows? They might win the whole thing. They they drafted extremely well. Romeo Langford didn't even play yet. So they they added Carson Edwards, which we all know. My favorite guy, and they added, you know, they added all those other people. So can't sleep on the on the on the Celtics at the number three seed. They're gonna be right there. Can't sleep on them. Obviously, with a weaker East, they're definitely gonna be right there. And then number four, I mean, I will probably say the Pacers. I think the Nets are just not ready yet to really take that step. They're gonna have some a lot of a lot of um, pitfalls, you know, you know, trying to. Uh, Trying to try to get Kyrie Urban to uh, buy into their program, which, I mean, as you heard, um, Kenny Atkinson is saying, like, yeah, like I hope he buys into our system. And I don't, I mean, it didn't work out here in Boston, so we'll have to see how that works out. But as far as the Pacers go, I have to say the Pacers got to be there because it just seemed like the Celtics, you know. A hard-working team, a gritty team. Or they're gonna play good defense, and obviously Brockton helps out well with that. They got two 
Um, solid big men inside, so it's going to be tough to score inside against them. So, yeah, more of the same with, of last year. They were one of the top defensive teams last year. I think that's not going to change. So, Pacers are going to be there because of that. Obviously, their question mark is scoring, but when Oladipo does come back, they'll be right there in the mix, competing for a, you know, a top four seed without a doubt. So, those are my top four picks. Um, we're going to take a break, get into the next segment. We'll get We'll kind of, you know, briefly slip through the West, how it all shaped up, the big signings in the West. Plus, we'll um, plus we'll figure out what the top four um, seeds are in the West, but that's going to be a tough thing to figure that out. There's so many great teams in the West. And then we'll also get into the Summer League as well, you know, how the Celtics are doing in the Summer League, as well as um, the players that really caught my eye that have a chance to really make an impact this year on, you know, coming into this upcoming year. So we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. 